Good Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever today is. What's today? It's Thursday. Thursday. That's right. Man, what a great... remember yesterday was wild and wacky Wednesday. Oh, I do remember now. Boy, yeah. it was wild and wacky. It wasn't was it? both. Chris Yao does not live here. I'll put a sign on the door. <laughs> oh, man. Go back and watch that segment. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. But uh, welcome in. It is a Thursday, Preps Thursday edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We are live in the Lee Company studio here in Columbia. I'm Chris Yao. He's Maurice Patton. And we are excited to be here on this Thursday. Mo, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, it is not Wild and Wacky Wednesday. It is Preps Thursday, although I think it's probably going to be Wild and Wacky. It could be Wild and Wacky. It's going to be a lot of fun Yeah. as we have a great show lined up for you. Kevin Creasy will join us, talk about his team's unusual trip in the second round to an opponent as they go to Mount Juliet tomorrow night in the first or second round of the TWSAA state playoffs. And we'll also talk with Terry McCormick, of course, and get his Titans report at 3 o'clock. And at 3.10-ish, we have a special guest from Mount Juliet. Like I said, a lot of Mount Juliet flavor mm -hmm. today. Uh, a lot of Wilson County. A lot of Wilson County. And Alicia Clark of the Las Vegas Aces and WNBA Sixth Player of the Year joins us because Saturday is Alicia Clark Day in Mount Julia. So going to be a lot of fun to talk with her. And as well, Mo, we've got picks and much, much more. So we'll hand out some hardware to high schools in a little while as well. So all of that coming your way here in just a few moments. So make sure to stick around. It's going to be a fantastic day. We've got some interesting stories today. Mo. And I'm really excited about it. But first, I just learned that Sarah got a 30-minute nap today, by the way. So she's semi-happy. That's almost just enough to make you mad. Mm -hmm. But I did I did hear that um that the corn casserole that Charlie made is uh Primo is, is ready to go. <laughs> so pumped, excited about that. So yeah, plenty of great stuff to get to. Is this her first? Including dinner. Is this her first? It's the first meal? time I know of. So, well, other, I mean, she helps cook, helps cook breakfast some, <laughs> but, but yeah, this is, this is exciting stuff, man. I'm pretty pumped. Um, we got a lot to get to, so let's get into the results from yesterday and today's schedule on the rundown. This is the rundown. Thursday rundown is brought to you by Mockingbird Title and Escrow, an attorney owned and operated full service title company in Middle Tennessee that will get your deals closed without worry and fuss. A family business that offers the highest level of expertise in the industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. Consider them part of your team. Call 615-274-8698 or visit MockingbirdTitleTN.com today. All right. Yesterday's results coming to you from 
the association, the Miami Heat down the Grizzlies 108-104. It was Drake 85, Lipscomb 70 in men's college basketball play. In women's college basketball play earlier today, Middle Tennessee State down Florida at uh, A&M. 93 to 48 in college football action last night. Miami of Ohio was a 19 nothing win over Akron. Bowling Green down to Kent State 49 19, and Toledo stays undefeated in action with a 49 23 win over Eastern Michigan. Today's men's basketball schedule at seven o'clock on ESPN. Middle Tennessee State takes on visiting Stephen F. Austin also at seven o'clock on ESPN. Plus. Tennessee State takes on visiting Kentucky State at the Gentry Center. And in the Mid-South Crossroads crossover in Indianapolis at 7, Cumberland faces Marion. Women's basketball action at 5 o'clock today on ESPN2. Tennessee is in Tallahassee taking on Florida State. And at 5.30 on ESPN+, Plus, Vanderbilt travels to UT Martin. On the ice, it's the Preds at Winnipeg. That's a 7 o'clock puck drop on Valley Sports South. More on that in a second. <laughs> in college football action tonight, um, 6.30 on ESPN. It's Atlantic Coast Conference play as Virginia travels to Louisville. Also in the fun belt, Southern Miss is at Louisiana at 6.30 on ESPN. You and, oh, God. <laughs> The Carolina Panthers are at Soldier Field against the Chicago Bears in NFL action. That's a 7-15 kickoff on Amazon Prime. I think I would stick with one of the college football games if it were me. Literally anything else. Anything else. Heck, um, catch the last of Vanderbilt and UT Martin. They were banking on Justin Fields. They were banking on Justin Fields and Bryce Young matchup here. They didn't get it. That's unfortunate. At any rate. It is unfortunate that they didn't get it. You're right. For everyone. Yeah. That's your rundown. You buy Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Make sure to go by and get your uh, delicious deli lunch, whether it's meat, vegetables, cobblers, any combination of the three. You can also get fresh hand-cut meats daily, as well as great produce, and it's all cost plus 10 at the register. Make sure to go see your friends at Piggly Wiggly, Neely'sville Shopping Center in Columbia. Mo, today's top story, you just mentioned it, sort of. Uh, Bally Sports filed in Chapter 11 bankruptcy court, their plans. They, they laid out their plans of, <laughs> of bankruptcy. And their plans are pretty simple. The plans seem to be pretty simple. After the 2024 Major League Baseball season ends, so will Valley Sports Regional Sports Networks. We out. Yeah, and, and that includes... After this NBA season, done. This will be the final NBA season on Bally. What about hockey? Hockey starts after baseball, right? They start in October. So, yeah, this will be the final NHL season as well. So, basically, Bally Sports is going to cease to exist at the end of the 2024 baseball season? Mm-hmm. 
Wow. That's going to be different. It will be. And that includes, I think, 24 different organizations across the country. But it includes all of ours. The Grizzlies, the Preds, and the Braves all mm -hmm. play on Valley. Because Fox Sports South and Sports South were the predecessors. And that's a problem. I think it's less of a problem for the Atlanta Braves than it is the Preds and the Grizzlies. I think the NBA can probably find a way to make it work. You feel like the NBA will find a way to make it work? You feel like MLB will figure something out? So here's, here's my, my thought. Is this finally the opportunity that both the NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball have to end regional sports networks and just go strictly to, if you buy MLB extra innings, you or the MLB network app or whatever it is, you get your team no matter where you are? Makes too much sense. I don't know. I, I'm know. afraid it's not going to be as clean as that. Well, it I, should be. Who else is there? I don't know. There are no more regional sports networks. I mean, there are in. There, in I just NAFN hope. I, I hope that MLB Network or whoever it is doesn't take this as an opportunity to you know, to hold everybody up for the last dime because they're the only game in town. Here's what I would do if I were the Atlanta Braves. Very simply, I would create my own streaming network. The Braves network. TBS 2.0? TBS 2.0, the Brave Station. That's what I'd call it, the Brave Station. And lean into that. America's team. Lean into it. Here's the thing. Would you not pay $20 a month for that? <laughs> you asking me? That's what I'm saying. I mean, most people would pay $20 a month for that. Certainly. You think about the number of Braves fans across this country. That would pay $20 a month. It'd pay for itself. Easily. Now, is it going to reach the level of compensation that you got from Bally? I don't know. Likely not, but you control it. You control it. You know, I, I, I think I have found in this country that $30 is the limit mm -hmm. to things that we will pay for without thinking it's too much. Seriously, like, I mean, there are... Like when I go to dinner, if I'm paying more than thirty dollars, there's two of us. It's it's pretty. It's, it's an expensive dinner. That's it. That's we can only we can't do this a lot. <laughs> but if it's it's nice to know other people have those conversations. But it's thirty bucks. Yeah. Like thirty bucks is is the I think is the collective American the limit. Yeah. Of expensive versus inexpensive, or expensive versus affordable. If that makes sense, we can't do this. You could probably go as high as twenty nine ninety nine a month, and I would pay it. Because here's the thing: here's the thing. The rest of the time, 
what are you doing? You're playing, you've got your pregame show, you've got your postgame show, but you've also got classic Braves games. You've got replays. You've got, you've got replays of the day before. You've got, you know, all of the, uh, all of the, the, those best of, uh, you know, you the, where they all get and... together and, you know, like little round tables with, mm-hmm. with the Hall of Famers and stuff. You've got those that you can play. You oh, you've got plenty of programming. And, 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 and hey, throw in some Andy Griffin. Just for old time. Just for old right? It's the yeah. Brave Station. Yeah, some, some, some rain-delayed programming. Yeah. I mean, just imagine what you would be able to do if you were the Braves. Now, I don't think everybody could do that. No, no, I don't but, think. But the Braves have a national fan base. They have a fan base large enough that they could do it. Yeah, I don't know that, say, a Kansas City or – I'm just, you know, spitballing, but I, I don't know that a a team without necessarily the traditional following that the Braves have could necessarily do it. Yeah. Now, again, you have the NS, NESN for the Red Sox, the YES up in, you know, up, up in New York. There are regional sports networks that aren't Valley that carry other teams. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it is a poss- it, it is something that can be done. I mean, I don't think there's any question there. Mm-hmm. It can be done. So I feel like it's it's either one or the other. It's either teams are going to be on your own to figure it out, and maybe you get lucky with Fox Sports or with some you know stadium or whatever. I don't know. Maybe the CW networks want to get involved. I don't know. But if not, Major League Baseball says, hey, you buy Major League Pass. And well, I, I wish I knew the name of the stupid thing. Is it, it's, whatever the app is. At bet. MLB at bet. Is that it? I think so. So if you buy that, which I think is $25 a month, $24.99 then you get access to all the games. Now, maybe that price goes up in order to, you know, give enough, enough, you know, money to each of these teams who are losing regional mm-hmm. networks. Maybe the prices, but I mean, $25 a month is at a monthly price. That's rough. But Major League Baseball controls it. So I just feel like, like you said, it, it, just, it makes too much sense. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm going if I'm Major League Baseball. And, and NBA, NBA League Pass. You buy the League Pass, you get everything. Right. We've been clamoring for this forever. It makes no sense for me that I pay all this money and can't get my team. Right. That does, does makes no sense. So yeah. now that, now well, that I mean, the why, why, am I, why am I paying all this money to not get my team? Right. So now that the RSNs are out of the way, because that was the only speed bump threshold there was, now they're gone. Now, that would only work for areas where there is not a regional sports network. You can't do that in New York and Boston and wherever else. But you can do it in Atlanta. You can do it in San Diego. 
you could do it in Minnesota because right. the Twins don't have a contract with Valley for this year. And now fans in Iowa can actually watch baseball. Hmm. Yeah. Because they're not shut out by six different teams. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, I think that's I think it's huge. I mean, it really is huge. This is what Bally said. These actions give MLB and its clubs the clarity they demand in their objection concerning the future treatment of their telecast rights and agreements and give them time to transition to another broadcast partner before the start of the 2025 MLB season. These actions will also minimize the risk of disruption to fans as the debtors expect to continue broadcasting through the 2024 MLB season. It's terminating its contract again with the Twins, effective immediately. So that makes the Twins and the Padres need some help. But yeah, there you go. This, this again, Bally includes Minnesota Wild, Timberwolves, Twins, not anymore, uh, Brewers, Bucks, Pistons, Tigers, Red Wings, uh, Blue Jackets, Reds, Cavaliers, Indians, Preds, Grizzlies, Charlotte Hornets, uh, Hurricanes, Hawks, Braves, everybody in Florida, Magic Heat, Marlins, Panthers, Lightning, Pelicans, OKC, Spurs, Rangers, Stars, Mavericks, not the Astros, though. It's interesting. Uh, Pacers, Blues, Cardinals, Royals, Suns, Diamondbacks, Coyotes, Ducks, Clippers, Kings, Angels, and what was San Diego. So, yeah, that's, that's the list of teams that will be affected by this. So if those are your teams, there you go. So, all right. That's interesting information, obviously. Certainly. So, all right, let's uh, let's let's get to this real quick before we go here. We got a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. um, the SEC baseball office announced permanent baseball opponents, and each team will have two. And. Among those, Tennessee and Vanderbilt will be each, one, of, one each of each others. Yeah, um, with Alabama being the other for Tennessee, and I don't remember who the other for Vanderbilt is, and I don't have it immediately in front of me. Hang on just a second. Vanderbilt's permanent opponents are Tennessee and Kentucky. Tennessee's permanent opponents are Vanderbilt and Alabama. For Alabama, it's Auburn and Tennessee. Georgia gets Florida and Auburn, so that makes Auburn's Alabama and Georgia. Right. I wonder how much of this is a potential foreshadow of football. Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, I would think that they... I mean, you already did half the work for a... <laughs> <laughs> for three teams. Yeah, you did the work. And, and I mean, trying to establish rivalries, I guess there's something to be said for that. You know, poor Texas A&M, their permanents are Texas and LSU. Oof. In uh, baseball? I, yeah, yeah. I, I, brutal. I think they may be the big loser as I look quickly yeah. at this. I mean, oof. 
Yeah, I don't know anybody else who's got just powerhouses. I mean, and Texas has got A&M and Oklahoma. But Oklahoma's not a, a perennial powerhouse. Well, I mean, they're not now. I mean, they have had a lot of success, but right now is not that yeah. time. Florida is Georgia and South Carolina. Kentucky, South Carolina, Vandy. That's tough. That's that's not fun. <laughs> but yeah, Ole Miss has got Mississippi State, Arkansas, and Arkansas is really good. I still, but think, so is Ole Miss. I still think A and M may be the big loser. A and M and Kentucky are are probably the the two biggest losers, with A and M being number one. Yeah, because South Carolina is not on that level. Yeah, even though they, you know, they've won a they won a championship what two or three years ago, they've not been perennially mm -mm. every year College World Series level. Yeah. Whereas Texas and LSU, LSU are always in the mix. Yeah. And that's tough. I mean, that when you look at this graphic from D1Baseball.com, that the Texas LSU just jumps right off the page at you. I don't know that anybody else really. I'm, I'm again with all due respect to South Carolina. I'm not sure Kentucky is close. Um, Who got the but, easiest one? I'm I'm kind of thinking maybe Florida and Georgia and South Carolina. I don't know that that really strikes a lot of fear in a lot of folks. Um. I don't know. Texas A and M and Oklahoma is pretty pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, who? I don't. I'm, I think I think that Florida that may be the the and less look, stressful pair. Now again, those are permanent opponents. So I mean, you still got to play. Yeah. What are you going to play? Nine? How many? Of, what are they playing? Eleven series? Yeah, I think so. Two permanents and nine others that'll rotate, I guess, I every mean, two years. Alabama was decent last year, but Alabama and Georgia doesn't really blow you away if you're Auburn fans. You're like, okay, that's that's manageable. Yeah. So I don't know, that's interesting. It is. But yeah, poor AM. <laughs> that Good is little, tough. But again, yeah. you wonder how much of this is foreshadowing to potential football permanent opponents. Well, again, like you said, I mean, you, you've done the work and, and you're trying to establish some rivalries in this new conference, you know, maybe you do see that. Interesting. Mm -hmm. All right, let's take a break. Kevin Creasy standing by. We'll talk a little Oakland Patriots football in just a moment. So stick around on Main Street Sports Day. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bona Joint. We'll be back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net.
Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao. Mo Patton here on this Preps Thursday. High school football picks coming your way later in the show, and I'm pretty sure this one's on the list. Uh, so looking forward to, to picking those games. Ten of the most impactful high school games are around the mid-state a little bit later in the show. But right now we're going to talk about one of those games in particular as the Oakland Patriots get set to take on Mount Juliet host and they'll be traveling to the Golden Bears on Friday night. To do that, we have on Coach's Corner, Coach Kevin Creasy joining us now. Coach, what's up? Man, glad y'all still got me still got me coming on the show. Oh, we, we haven't lost your number yet, Coach. Uh, we, we're glad you're still coming on the show, <laughs> Coach. Um, what's it been like getting ready for a road game this early in the postseason, Kevin? This is kind of uncharted territory for you guys. It is, you know, um, first time we haven't hosted, uh, usually we're hosting into round three, but, uh, you know, uh, round two, that's brand new for us. But at the same time, uh, you know, I think it's pretty neat that we're returning back to uh, uh, Mount Juliet where we had a, a great 2018 victory that uh, kind of got the ball rolling for us. Uh, I think we may have won that game by a field goal and huge sloppy muddy rainy 
game and uh you know i look at the forecast and it's 50 percent chance of rain tomorrow night so uh i don't want to <laughs> reminisce that much and no. uh be that nostalgic for it to rain all night but uh it is pretty cool to go and play a good team like mount juliet and uh coach perry and all those guys Kevin, I know that a lot of coaches tend to do some of their best coaching coming off of a loss. Um, have you found that you've got your team's attention a little bit more after the 25-24 loss to Riverdale to end the regular season? I mean, how did practices go last week? How have they gone thus far this week coming out of that situation? Uh, you know, I think we had uh, pretty good practices this week. Last week, uh, not so much. It was much like a a funeral march, uh, you know, in which guys just kind of acted like, uh, you know, there's a death in the family or something. Uh, coaches, too, you know, we're guilty as, uh, as well. And, you know, you kind of see the effects of it, uh, you know, after the first quarter with Gallatin, who I thought had a really good team. Uh, but, you know, at the end of one, it's three to three, you know, a tie ball game. And uh, that's our seniors last home game. And uh, so, yeah, yeah. Needless to say, it's been kind of jarring. Uh, uh, definitely uh, has got their attention as far as Riverdale is concerned. But, uh, you know, last week we weren't playing Riverdale and this week we're not playing Riverdale as well. So uh, it's one of those deals where uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty good medicine to kind of let our guys know that, you know, nobody's invincible. We had, I think, a 69-game home win streak and never lost anybody out of Rutherford County, Murfreesboro. And, and uh, for that to happen, it just shows you that, you know, uh, anything can happen, even on your home field. And uh, it was definitely a good lesson for all of us. It's interesting because that was kind of what, you know, my first thought was that's exactly what Oakland needed was to be – told that it can happen to them and, and so that the, those kids not in the postseason now realize hey i got to get up for every game that's exactly what everybody else wanted to hear i'm sure i'm sure everybody yeah. else in that side of the bracket was like wanted to know that oakland's oh, gonna be, yeah yeah gonna be they're, up for every they're game now, now they're now preparing as if they could lose oh that's great news yeah, well, like I said, it's one of those things that, you know, if you play long enough, it's definitely going to happen. And then, uh, you know, it was unfortunate that we blew a 17-point lead. You know, it wasn't like we didn't show up. We played really well for uh, the first half, and Riverdale, give them a lot of credit. They played really well in the second half and, uh, you know, fought back and, and went for two and, uh you know, bounced the ball off a couple hands and made a diving catch just like you draw it up and uh, got the two-point conversion. And and so, uh, you know, like I said, yeah, a lot of credit's got to be given to those guys for having the guts to go for it, uh, you know, with the two-point conversion and then convert it. And, uh, you know, still had time on the clock, uh, you know, about a minute left, and they stopped us uh, from going down and, and kicking a field goal. So, uh, like I said, a lot of credit needs to be given to Riverdale, and I don't think it's – necessarily a case of us not showing up, you know, up 17, nothing at halftime. I think it's just a classic case of, you know, taking your foot off the gas and losing focus and not, not finishing like a true, uh, true champion supposed to. And the good news is it was a region uh, game uh, during the regular season and, and not a playoff game. 
uh, or we'd be putting our stuff up. Yeah, and I mean that that outcome was enough of a shock to the high school football system across Middle Tennessee without it being a situation where you guys were putting the gear away. But I mean, um, folks aren't used to that out of open. And like you said, it's not like y'all didn't come and play or anything like that. Ball just kind of bounced wrong for you at the end. At the same time, how do you refocus, get everybody refocused? You said last week was kind of like a funeral march. Do you feel like You've gotten that out of the way now as you get ready to go to Mount Julia tomorrow night. Yeah, you know, I think our guys kind of understand it. Uh, you know, it's one of those deals where, you know, uh, it's a new season. And so going 1-0 and last week allowed us to go and play another game. And as long as our guys want to stick together and, uh, you know, keep playing together, uh, you know, we know what the recipe is. we got to keep winning. So, um I wouldn't say the taste is uh, necessarily out of our mouth yet, you know, the bad taste. Uh, but I will say that, you know, we're refocused and had a whole lot better week of practice. Right, and that's that's exactly what you, you know, it's kind of like those, and, and obviously this was a loss, but it's kind of like one of those, those, those close wins where you have, you can be excited, but you also have something to gripe about. Having an opportunity to tell this this team, hey, we're going on the road. We're going to have to do this the hard way. We're going to have to man up. You're going to see what kind of not just you know your, your senior leadership, but you're going to see what kind of leaders you have coming up. It's going to be something that that you're going to be able to use as a coach going forward, and and, and you know something that you're going to want to you're you're going to be excited to have that knowledge going into the future. Yeah, you know. Um... I mean, it could be the best thing that could have happened to us. And I think, uh, you know, we have seen some real good leadership emerge uh, after this. And uh, it would have been tough to, you know, get those guys' attention, uh, you know, if we would have just blown blown Riverdale out or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things that, I think everything happens for a reason, you know. If we mm-hmm. go to Mount Juliet and lose Friday and, um, you know, the season's over, I think there's a reason that happened, and I think it's uh, meant to be. And, uh, you know, if there's uh, a rematch in the third round, there's a reason that may happen, and there's a reason uh, other results may be different or may be the same. Uh, that's why he played the game. And, uh, like I said, I think, uh, you know, somewhere along the line, uh, somewhere somebody felt like, it was time to kind of give us a little piece of humble pie and, uh, you know, how we respond to those things uh, makes all the difference. And like I said, a lot of it's my responsibility. And then, uh, like I said, we'll put a lot of our leaders on the team, our seniors on the team in charge of that as well. It's going to be an exciting football game tomorrow night. Obviously, a you know, it's Middle Tennessee. So, you know, you've got Mount Juliet and Oakland, two perennial uh, playoff teams and, and and obviously Mount Juliet just moved up to 6A, so you guys probably haven't seen each other a whole lot. Uh, but this just feels like a classic old school Middle Tennessee football game to me. Yeah, yeah, you know Mount Juliet Oakland. I think that's kind of what you want. Uh, not necessarily in the second round, but uh, you definitely want this matchup. And uh, you know before they drop down to 5A. 
Uh, we had, like I said, some epic battles with them in 2018. Um, I think 2019, 2020, uh, it all kind of runs together. But that was about three years in a row where we kept running into Mount Juliet. And uh, like I said, Coach Perry and uh, all those guys have done a great job over there. We got a good working relationship with those guys. And uh, like I said, we've known them forever back from the Trousdale County in Portland days. And, uh, you know, know what to expect out of those guys. And I uh, know they're going to be well coached and ready to play. Kevin Creasy, Oakland High School football coach, joining us here on Coach's Corner on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Kevin, um, specifically, who, who's going to have to step up for you guys tomorrow night to, to extend your season another week? You know, I think uh, we're gonna have a gonna have a big night out of uh, our linebacker core. You know, uh, I think Mount Juliet did a great job of uh, running the ball almost 50 times against Rockville the week before, and just being patient and you know taking their four yards in a cloud of dust. And, uh, you know, Corey Smith is uh, one of our top linebackers. It's been a three-year starter for us. We're expecting big big game out of him and. Uh, Caleb Ellison, of course, is our middle linebacker uh, doing a heck of a job. So uh, it's just one of those deals where, uh, you know, if they're going to be hard-headed and patient like they were last week, uh, we've got to have some negative yardage plays and get them behind the sticks. And, uh, you know, we've got the type of linebackers that should be able to do that. And then, of course, on the offense, uh, you know, kind of the one-two punch that we've had all year with Dewan Morris and Ashton Jones, you know, they're going to have to have big nights. But, uh, we played two quarterbacks, Kyler Creasy, uh, Freeman. Uh, both played last week and ended up with 200 yards passing against a good Gallatin team. So, uh, you know, if they start loading the box, I think we got to have, uh, you know, some uh, quarterbacks make some throws and uh, take advantage of some opportunities. <laughs> Without putting you too much on the spot, what was the motivation behind the two quarterbacks last week? Well, we've just uh, had some bad luck with uh, Kyler. Kyler had the flu, uh, you know, last couple weeks, I guess you could say. And uh, Patrick Freeman did a good job when he's been out. And, uh, you know, we kind of did it against Siegel when uh, Kyler returned from his collarbone injury, and it was – pretty smooth uh, with the two quarterback system, you know, always able to run the play in that sort of thing. Uh, but also having two quarterbacks ready to play at the same time. Uh, both of them, I got confidence if we just needed one of them to run the show, they could uh, may do some of that, you know, between series. Uh, but at the same time, comfortable enough for both of them to run the offense and they've done well, like I said, uh, combined for over 200 yards last week. And, uh, you know, pass efficiency is, uh, out the roof. That's kind of what we look for. But, uh, you know, during practice when they really don't know who the starter is, they both uh, prepare really well. So uh, it's good to compete no matter what position you play. <laughs> How do their skills complement each other, Kevin? Uh, you know, they're both competitive as all get out. They both want to be the the, the main man, and, and that's, uh, that's the way you want it. You know, you don't want somebody to uh, be too happy splitting reps and that sort of thing. And you know, you see the same thing with uh, Dewan and uh, Ashton. You know, they both want every carry. And so, uh, 
good thing about this game is there's only one ball, so uh, you know the guy with hot hand usually gets it. So that's uh, how we do things around here, and they know that, and so it makes everybody a little bit better. Kevin Creasy, once again here on Main Street Sports, today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Second round matchup at Mount Juliet tomorrow night. It's going to be a lot of fun as they continue to in their quest for is this four. This would be four. four in their quest for their fourth straight Class Six A state title. Man, it's uh, it's a lot of pressure, but if anybody's up for it, I know you and your guys are. So. Looking forward to, to keeping up with tomorrow night, and uh, good luck to your guys and your team. It's going to be epic. I appreciate you guys having us on. This is the funnest time of the year. Yeah, no we're looking forward there. to following you all, and um, thanks a lot, Kevin. We'll catch up with you. I appreciate it. All right, man. Wonder if, wonder if his wife's scrambling for Thanksgiving plans in the event. <laughs> what do we do? Uh, I, I, <laughs> Probably not. I wouldn't be no, if I, I were her. I'm I, just saying. Just write it out. I, I don't advise you to bring that up to Katie, though. That's uh, <laughs> why I did it now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, so we've got some hardware to hand out, Mo. Let's let's do that. What do you say? Let's, let's do um, our Middle Tennessee bone and joint. I'm, I'm sorry. Our custom stone handlers. Team of the week is the um, Columbia Academy Boys Cross Country Team, which won the Division 2A state championship meet last Thursday up in Hendersonville. Had four of the top seven runners, including that'll help your points. And that will help your points, including you five, right? Yes, it top, wouldn't have mattered where the fifth one finished. <laughs> For the top seven, yeah, it, as long as the fifth one finished, yeah. you're probably going to be in pretty good shape. But yeah, um, Ty Withrow, a sophomore, ran a personal best 16.47.87 over 5K to place second. Um, Gabriel Karkow finished fourth. Josh Lofton was fifth. And CJ Barr was seventh. The fifth guy, Luke Taylor. He was only 16th. <laughs> yeah. So they have five top 16 finishers. That's that's pretty well gonna. That's gonna get you. That's gonna put title. you in pretty good shape. Yeah, yeah. More times than not. So um, congratulations to Columbia Academy. Their boys won their first cross country team state championship. Connor Henson won the individual title back-to-back -back years in 20 and 21, but this is their first team title. So Now we can go to the Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Athlete of the Week. Let's do it. Um, Columbia Central senior Caden McCoy. Lions came up short up at Centennial this past weekend, 27-15, but Caden scored twice, scored on a 72-yard catch and a 97-yard kickoff return, each of which gave Central the lead in that eventual loss to, to end their season at seven and four on the year, but um, nice performance from the senior and Caden McCoy is our mid Tennessee bone and joint athlete of the week. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we will have 
some college sports talk because one more Michigan, but two, <laughs> a bombshell out of Arizona today. We'll tell you what it is and what might happen. Maybe I, I don't know. It, it is an absolute unprecedented bombshell. So we'll talk about it on the other side of the break. Stick around on Main Street Sports today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Young, Mo Patton here on this Thursday. We have uh, plenty more to come in the second hour. Terry McCormick, Alicia Clark, high school football picks, and more. But first, a little college sports. And, 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 and this is not what we talked about on the other side of the break, but I do want to mention this because I think it's a, a fantastic uh, exercise and just kind of chew on it for a little bit. We may need to come back to it, maybe tomorrow even. Big Game Boomer, one of the one of the weirdest accounts on Twitter. Because <laughs> a lot of what they do is trolling, but they do come up with some really and I think this is actually trolling their list, but the the, the, the but the, the concept is a great one. The best head coach duos in college football basketball. The best head coach duos in college football basketball. Men's basketball. Yes. Okay. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. At this time a year ago, I would have thrown Mel Tucker and Tom Izzo way up there. 
Man, <laughs> they're not even in the top 50 now. Because, well, 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 one of them's there, not there. But, yeah. but Michigan State's not even in the top 50. Oh, no, no. Um, this is, it's an interesting list. Who do you think's number one? Um, I don't know who's number one, but Saban and Oates is up there. Where are they? Three. Okay. Um, so, ooh, and I've just never really thought about them in concert like that. And I'm going to, when, when you tell me who one is, it's probably going to blow my doors off. It's not Heifel and Barnes. And yet it is. Number Again, one? They're trope. It's Nick. The, the answer is Nick Saban and, and Nate. Is it so? Yes. Yes. Is it? Over the last four years, one of them has won an SEC title every year. Josh Heupel's never won one. And Rick's Rick won how many? Two. One regular season, one tournament. But Nate, who did Nate win his with? Who, who, who won it for Nate? Look, I understand, but he's still, I mean, he's been consistently good over the last four years. Oh, let's see where he is this year. But again. Brandon Miller ain't walking through that door. Well, neither is Hendon Hooker at this point. He's, <laughs> what I'm saying is. The, well, the real answer is probably Lance Leopold and Bill Self. And they're number two on this list. And that's probably the real number. That's a strong threesome, though. That's, any of those three in any order? Give yeah, me. yeah. Hmm. Sarkeesian and Rodney Terry at four. Chris mm, Kleiman and Jerome. That's a little early for Rodney Terry. He went to what, the Elite Eight? The, it's with a, a team little, that ain't his? It's a little early. For, we, we, yeah. Yeah. Let's see what he does with his team. Hey, it says coach. It doesn't say, it doesn't say recruiter. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I, I, Chris Kleiman and Jerome Tang at five. Mm. Good for them. That's a, and that's a solid That's a solid duo. I mean, after that, it drops off pretty precipitously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jed Fish and Tommy Lloyd at Arizona, who may or may not, have a program next year. Our number six. Where are um, where are Mac Brown and Hubert Davis? They are. Let's see. UNC is eleven. Hmm. Behind Dan Lanning and Dana Altman at Oregon. Okay. But ahead of Mark Stoops and John Calipari at twelve. <laughs> Who's the anchor in that pair? Oof. <laughs> I think they're kind of like, uh, mm. at least Calipari's won a national title. I'll give him that. But other than that, it's kind of like, uh, well, they're just kind of both mid. Jimbo Fisher and Buzz Williams at 13, and there's no there's no way that's better than Chip Kelly and Mick Cronin at what, 14. What has Mick Cronin done? More than Buzz, well, maybe not more than Buzz. <laughs> Definitely more than Jimbo Fisher, though. Well, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> read them, read them top 10. That uh, seven is Elko and John Shire at Duke, Harbaugh and Jawan Howard at Michigan at eight, Mario Cristobal. <laughs> Michigan's getting ready to get thrown out. We'll talk about that in a second. And then Jim Laren, uh, Laranga, Laranaga, Laranaga. Yeah. Uh, at and Miami, and then Dan Lanning, Dana Altman, and at Oregon at ten. So yeah, Hugh Freeze and Bruce Pearl at nineteen. 
ahead of Dana Holgerson and Kelvin Sampson. Where where are um <laughs> where are Pittman and Musselman? I don't oh they're at twenty one, right behind Sampson and Holgerson. So it's a really good it's a really good list. It's a, it's an interesting concept. It is. It's an interesting concept, and I, I like the concept. Yeah. Huh. Um, Michigan has responded. That's only Michigan can. And I think I think the the letter that was sent to the Big Ten makes some good points, but also it's that they actually take responsibility for for sign boy. What's his name? Collins? Hmm. Um no what a, Colin Stallions? Stallions. Stallions? Oh, yeah, I don't know. And you know, they, they say, but they say that he did it all by himself. On this $50,000 salary, he was buying tickets. He was to, acting alone, huh? He was buying tickets to all these games and, and had a, you know, there's no, there's no way. There's zero <laughs> chance that this dude was doing all of this on a $50,000 salary. He either has money, comes from money, or Michigan's lying. Or both, I guess. I guess potentially, but essentially, they say, "Hey, you're going to set a precedent here that you can't back up. You don't have all the facts. You don't have all. Well, what they say is you don't have evidence. You just have <clears throat> you have letters detailing the evidence, but you don't have the actual evidence. I don't. I don't." I don't know what the difference is. Yeah. This is basically like, well, you don't have the gun, so you can't charge me with murder. Well, yeah, I can. If I have enough if I have enough circumstantial evidence that that makes a story, I can do what I need to do. Mm -hmm. So they they claim again that that Harbaugh had no idea, which I think is absolutely the most ridiculous and in the world of Northwestern firing its coach, and I know that hazing and this is a is different, but the point was that whether or not Pat Fitzgerald knew, whether or not Jim Harbaugh knew, they should have known. It's their program. They have to know these things. They're they're paid to know these things, and they're, they are responsible for the people who they hired under them. That's where the buck stops. So whether or not he knew does not matter. In my opinion, yeah, and that's I, I, I don't I don't think him knowing or not knowing is a reasonable explanation. Uh, one, I don't think there's any way he couldn't know. But I mean, even, yeah. How, how does this guy? He's figuring all this out during the game in the middle. You know. In the first quarter, he's already decoded everything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I just, I, but here's the thing: I don't know. I don't know 
that they're not necessarily wrong about the punishment portion. And, but I do think it's hilarious that they sent a le sent an addendum to the letter showing evidence that other teams had their signals because they had spoken to one another. Well, that's not illegal. And this is my point of the whole thing. My it's point not about the, thing, the signals. It's, it's it's about how you got. It's them. about the willingness to and the deliberate cheating. You know the rule. You know that you that it's possible to get this information in other ways because everyone else is doing other it. legal ways. Other ways that are within the rules. Legal. And you chose not to do that. Mm -hmm. Why? So therefore, that is that is that is just like any unsportsmanlike penalty in in, in football. Unsportsmanlike conduct penalties are penalties for a player going outside of the rules in order to maybe taunt or maybe do uh, maybe a late hit out of bounds or whatever. Perfectly fine to do in the middle of the play to tackle someone. Mm -hmm. Not fine to do it out of bounds. Or after the whistle. Or after or the whistle. Whatever else. Yeah, there is a time and place. There is a time, there is a place, and there is a legal way of doing it. Mm -hmm. So do it that way. Otherwise, accept the penalty. <laughs> well, I guess they're saying that the NCAA is not in a position to penalize. Well, the Big Ten. Oh, yeah. The reason they don't want to be penalized is because they don't feel like the investigation has been completed by the mm -hmm. NCAA and that Big Ten doesn't have all of the information. I think they have enough information to know that you, that you, that you cheated. Heck, you admitted it in the, in, in the letter. All right. So that's enough for me. You admitted it. All the other stuff doesn't matter. You admitted it. Yeah. Because here's the thing. The only reason that this is a thing is because all of the other Big Ten ADs and coaches started making it a big deal. Right. If they thought there was any way that they were going to get penalized for doing what the they same did, thing, then then they wouldn't have said. They anything. wouldn't have said nothing. Right. Because they weren't going to say anything just to get Michigan penalized if they thought it was going to get them penalized as well. That that's that honor among thieves kind of thing. But Michigan's concern about being penalized now is they're trying to delay this thing until such time as it doesn't impact this team. And that's a problem to me. We, penalizing, and here's the thing, nobody cares about vacated wins. Hmm. Nobody. Not a soul. Okay. So penalizing, and then, you know, you give a bowl ban to next year's team. Well, that's next year's team. 
which has done nothing to deserve. So the only way the NCAA could make a could penalize Michigan next year in a way that would be equitable, equitable, because I don't want to say fair. <laughs> equitable would be for Jim Harbaugh to serve a lengthy suspension. Lengthy. And he's already served what three games this year. So we're going to start next year with four, five, six, who knows? But only Big Ten games. He's suspended for three games, but they it's the first three Big Ten games. Yeah, it's not UNLV and right. Ball State or whoever else. Right. Yeah. That's the way to do it. If it's going to be next year. Games that matter. Yeah. If it's going to be next year. Mm-hmm. Or do the right thing and penalize yeah. the team that utilized the cheating. This one? This team. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's just where I'm at. Michigan fans, and, and, and we're in, we, Mo, we're in a place, we're in a part of the country that houses a lot of folks who wear maize and blue. You can't throw a rock and not hit one, man. I mean, so, literally, I can think of, I can think of 10 Michigan fans and 10 Ohio State fans off the top of my head right now. We're in a, top, we're in a part of the country where this is not a popular opinion. Well, we're in a part of the country where it's a very popular opinion, though, as well, because, like I said, yeah, I, can, I got I, there's a bunch it's a of mix, it's a mix, mixed bag for mm-hmm. sure. In, anyway, interesting stuff there. Uh, we'll talk about Arizona a little bit later. Right now, we're going to take a quick break. Terry McCormick standing by with the top of the hour Titans report right after this. Stick around. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Welcome back in. Time now for the top of the hour Titans report with Terry McCormick, powered by Zen Sports. Terry, what's up? It is your daily Titans report, and it's powered, as always, by Zen Sports. Guys, I did something today in the locker room that I didn't think was possible. No, left Arden King speechless. <laughs> I mean, this guy is How did you one do of the biggest talkers in the top. In the Titans locker room, he's always got a quip, always got a quote. But when I ask him about what the Titans have to do to improve setting the edge on the run, given that they've given up 100 yards rushing to four straight teams, he was he was speechless. He thought about it for a minute and just said, 
Next question. So that kind of tells you all you need to know about where the Titans stand defensively and really even more so than Will Levis taking the reins of the offense. This is one of the bedrock things that they have got to fix going forward if they want to be any type of competitive over the second half of the season because everybody was led to believe that this defense was going to be really good, that it was going to be special, it was going to carry the team, it was going to stop the run, it was going to pressure the quarterback and create turnovers. It's been spotty in all of that. So while everybody, you know, looks at the shiny new toy and Will Levis and his strong arm, uh, this team needs to pick some things on defense if they want to have a chance to win in Tampa Bay. Yeah, they started the season out great. Looked really good. Then they did not. And it's been rough the last the last four games. I mean, yeah, and, and you think about it, you know, if they play as well in the last you know, a couple of games as they did early in the season, Titans have a chance to win those things. And so it's, it's, sure it's kind of tough. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, you know, that this was a team that, like I said, was built around the premise that the defense was going to carry them until while the offense kind of found its way. Well, the offense hasn't really found its way, but the defense has kind of fallen off. Now, there are probably a lot of factors in that. You know, they were without Tier Tart for a couple of games, but – he was back against the Steelers, and it was still more of the same where you saw the Steelers constantly either with short passes or with the run where they could get, you know, turn the corner and go off tackle and get to the outside. They were constantly in second and three, second and four, and it's hard for a defense to make a living and get off the field when you're constantly in those down and distances. I would just definitely agree with that. So uh, what what else do we know about – uh, on, on the other side of the ball, on offense, as far as, you know, it seems like everybody appears to be healthy via the, the injury report. Yeah, I mean, Traylon Burks, obviously, they're probably going to be without him because of that concussion and all. But uh, everybody else, other than maybe Daniel Brunskill, who missed the second straight day, uh, at right the right guard with an ankle injury, everybody else seems to be trending toward playing. Uh, Brunskill is one of those guys that maybe could miss practice and still give it a go on Sunday, be a game-time decision, that sort of thing. But uh, it's very unusual that he's not been out there. Uh, That ankle is probably pretty banged up. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, should be fun in Tampa this weekend. Chris Hubbard. Uh, appears to be back, so he's full participation. That's that's exciting. So, if not one lineman, someone else. That's hard for the course, but whatever. Tell us about Zen Sports, Terry. All right, gladly. You can hear me talk about Zen Sports, the new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months, and I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive $1,000 no-danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet with Zen Sports, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to $1,000 maximum if the bet loses. And there's even more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand of new VIP rewards, This new VIP rewards program 
will allow top-tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel your Zen Sports Play qualifies you for VIP consideration, then check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sportsbook will offer you a premier sports betting experience with a 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Conditions and terms apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Walker. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, R.A. Dickey. R.A., did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. <laughs> other guy Wham married the best-looking girl in Anorama, so other guy Wham had a pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. And as we continue, we are pleased to have our next guest, three-time WNBA champion Alicia Clark in her hometown of Mount Juliet has noticed they were having Alicia Clark Day on Saturday over there. So congratulations on another ring and congratulations on being recognized in your hometown, Alicia. Hello. Hi, thank you, and thank you so much. I'm really excited about it, um, and it's really, really special. Anytime you get some love from back home where it all started, that always means a lot more, so I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. You know, before you became a professional standout, before you became a collegiate standout, you were a high school standout, as you said, at Mount Juliet High School. Go Bears. Um, hey, I've heard something few weeks ago, I guess right after you won the, the championship with the Aces, that you were in the same graduating class at Mount Juliet with Michael Jasper, current football coach at Bethel, who went on to play in the NFL with the Bills, among others, and former Ford quarterback, Levi, what's his last name? Brown. 
Levi Brown, who is now coaching collegiate. They're both coaching collegiately, so I'm, I'm a little surprised you're not coaching college football. <laughs> but, I mean, that's, um, that's a heck of a graduating pledge. Yeah, um, and those are my guys, you know, over the years. Um, you know, we've stayed in contact and, you know, just constantly supporting each other in the next, you know, phases of life that we've been through. Um, so it's always nice to have, you know, some people from back in the day that, you know, kind of went through the same thing and um, were in the trenches with you a little bit and just can kind of celebrate one another um, and all the great things that we're doing. You know, obviously with Jasper and Levi just coaching and making such a difference in those young guys' lives that they coach for and, it's just, it's really cool to see, and I'm happy that, you know, we were able to stay in contact over the years. You know, I, I was doing a little show here at Fairfield up your wiki, and it says 36, and I looked at you out here, and I said, that's so hard for me to believe. I mean, is it hard for you to believe, Alicia? Um, I mean, not really. Like, 36, still being able to play at a high level and being this, in this phase is kind of crazy, but I've always embraced my age. I'm like, you know, you're blessed that every time you get to see a new year. So I, that's not something I've ever been like, oh, God, I'm getting so old. It's just like, <laughs> you know, I'm getting more wisdom. And But I do see a difference in, in the locker room for sure. I went from like middle of the pack age to like one of the oldest real quick. <laughs> well, if, if you're not going, oh, my God, I'm getting so old, I'm going Oh my gosh, you're getting so old because of things I So, um, two WNBA national, um, WNBA championships prior to joining the Aces. You know, how big do you feel like that component of your professional career was in them bringing you in? Uh, you know, for me, it was. At, especially coming off the injury that I came off of and having the year like last year I was okay like I feel like I was kind of like a shell of myself and so to come into an organization that is fresh off a championship with all these young superstars in their prime you know there was a little bit of like nervousness on my part because I'm like okay am I going to like return back to like rare form because before I got hurt I was playing some of the best basketball of my career um, and so to have an organization and a coach, Becky Hammond, who still believed in what I had left and what I was still able to accomplish to want to bring me in to this already like set championship caliber team and telling me that I can help take us to the next level. That really meant so much to me. Um, and so I was excited about it. You know, from the jump, she told me what my role would be. She was like, you're going to be coming off the bench, but you're going to be one of our leaders and I need you to be our defensive leader. And I need you to use your voice. Cause like, that's, what's going to help us win again. And so just having that from the very beginning um, gave me confidence, you know, just in my ability in my value, what I could still bring. Um, and so to finish it off the way that we did uh, just made it even sweeter. Does it make it sweeter also when everybody expects you to do it? Everybody did expect the aces to do it this year. And you get it done. You know what's funny is like in the beginning of the season, yeah, people were like, oh, the aces. And then like as the season went on, it became more of like people didn't want us to win, <laughs> which was weird. Um, so I think that made it sweeter was that people were counting us out um, despite having, you know, three of the five returners 
from last year's championship starting five. So, and to have somebody like me in that role and other people in the role who are capable of it. So I think having people doubt, you know, and, and count us out made it a lot sweeter. <laughs> you, you mentioned having some success before getting to Las Vegas, but, uh, you know, obviously winning the, the championship against the New York Liberty and the, the, exactly what we all kind of expected. I mean, I know there was a, there was probably some some pressure, but you know, you also got to do it against a former teammate. Did you did you have any personal bets in that championship? <laughs> no, no bets. Okay, okay. Didn't know if, if there were any personal wagers between you and former teammates no. that may have been playing against one another. But no, you know, how much fun was this season? Obviously the pressure was there. You knew New York was on the other side. And you guys, you know, you guys struggled against them a little bit in the regular season. They win the end season tournament against you guys. So, you know, how much how much fun was it to be in a, in a year like that where, you know, you, you guys were kind of the favorites, but you really had to work to get there. Yeah, I mean, what you see like in our league right now is just like the growth and the growth and the talent that's coming through. And so this is, you know, by far one of the most competitive seasons, um, you know, that I've been able to be a part of from, except from early on, like back in our championship years. Um, so it's been great to see just like the investment into our sport, into our league, and just like what it produces. Like you're seeing players play at their best. And, you know, to be in that situation, like we didn't win in New York all year. You know what I mean? And so for them to come and take a championship on our court really left, you know, a feeling that we didn't like. And so that is something that as we were going through this season, um, you know, for us, our focus, the pressure, we were able kind of to alleviate the pressure because literally every day we came in and, you know, Becky said it from the beginning, it's us versus us, aces versus aces. And she's like, that's how I'm going to coach you. So regardless of who we're playing, like, I'm going to see where we're getting better, where, we, where we're slacking a little bit. And so I think for us, that helped keep our focus internally um, and on one another. And then when it came time, you know, to be in New York, that was something I mentioned. I was like, listen, people are counting us out. We haven't won on this court all year. There's no better time than to take than to take a dub than tonight here in game four. And when you have a collective group of people that think in that same way, um, it's fun. It's fun to compete, you know, and we have a team full of competitors of dogs that like when if I step on that court, I know like I know who's standing behind me and I feel great about my chances regardless of who I'm going up against. And so this is by far the most fun I've had playing in a season. Um, and this group that I got to do it with is so special. And just, I mean, not only just amazing basketball players, but they are freaking amazing human beings. And that when you can accomplish something as you know great as winning a championship with that type of type of group, I mean, it's, this is one that I'll, I'll never forget. Alicia Clark. Mount Juliet High School graduate, the Milton C. State graduate, and three-time WNBA champion, most recently with the Las Vegas Aces, joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mitch and Seabone and Joint. Alicia, um, what was it like going through 
this WNBA season with the the bump that women's basketball here over the last year or so. You know, last last NCAA season was was fantastic. It feels like there was more more attention given to it, more eyes on it than possibly ever. You know, you had the our LSU championship game in that final four and everybody's attention was kind of on women's college basketball and coming out of that for an NGL season. I mean, did, did you feel a difference just in the attention that was being paid to you all this season as opposed to previous years maybe? Yeah. Um, and, you know, for us, it's kind of like, finally. <laughs> Um, and, you know, because over the years, that's something we've always, you know, we've had to fight against is like the product is there. And if people can't see the product, how are they going to follow and invest and and know what's what's on the court? You know, when you turn on any channel, there's NBA and M MLB, like all the male sports everywhere. So people can see that and they can follow along. They can buy jerseys. They can be invested in the storylines of these players. And so for us, that's what we've constantly been finding is like, listen, when we only have 5% of media coverage and we're on channels that like the average household doesn't even get, like how do you expect our league to grow and our viewership to grow? But like the numbers and the things behind, like when people come to games, when they're in the cities, like it showed. So for us, you know, it's just like finally. And I think you see like these younger players coming up and who are more consciously aware of those biases, you know what I mean, in our society when it comes to male and female sports. And they're using their platforms for change. They're they're becoming business women, you know what I mean, essentially in college and using that to help facilitate the growth of our game. And that to me, that's what it's about. You know what I mean? As you're older and on almost on your way out, like you hope that the seeds you've planted are gonna start coming to, you know, fruition as as the league and stuff moves forward. So what you've seen in, in the NCAA when it comes to, you know, I mean, even Sedona Prince and Haley Van Lith and Angel Reese, like all these players using their platforms to highlight what we already knew, that the product is there. Like we can hoop too. We're at the, you know, we're doing the clock in the same hours, making the same sacrifices. So it was really fun though. And to just be in that space and know that you're a part of that change is really powerful. And so I'm excited that you know, hopefully in years to come when I'm retired and sitting back and watching the game, like I'm watching, you know, these half a million dollar players in our league be able to stay home and play because that's where the trajectory of, of this league is going. So it was, I definitely felt a difference. Well, and speaking of that, you have been playing overseas in the Euro leagues, uh, Israeli leagues, and, and you have dual citizenship, which is really interesting. So you recently signed with a team, uh, an Israeli team, that has won a championship. You've won several championships outside the WNBA in the professional ranks. So congrats on those as well. You should tell them how to get the rings. But, uh, you know, how is your, how is this offseason uh, different maybe? Because obviously there are other things besides basketball happening in Israel. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely shifted, like, even just wanting to be over in Europe right now, um, just because of, you know, so much happening. And so for me, my focus is 
a making sure my friends that are like family over there are safe. Um, you know, I'd constantly check in with them and make sure they're okay. If there's anything, you know, having conversations behind scenes um, with you know people of influence in these areas. But for me, it's like, okay, well, this is you know a time for me to be able to be at home, um, be in market in both here in Mount Julia and back in Vegas. Like I haven't been able to be home this long since you know covid but even then i mean then everything was shut down during the pandemic so this will be my first off season where i'm healthy and i get to be in my hometown so i'm hoping you know to get some things activated within the community here and in vegas because that's something i haven't really had much of a chance to do and um you know i've always been somebody where i never just want to slap my name on something or just like oh yeah here use my name for this like i actually want to be a part and i want to be there and be present with whatever i'm doing and so this off season is definitely going to help give me a chance to do that um and hopefully you know being here in the city like being at home like hopefully i can sit down and like inspire young girls and boys that you know this is this is a possibility this is a reality like it doesn't have to be so far out of touch and whatever it is that you want to do and so that's what I'm most looking forward to because I haven't really had the opportunity to do that. Um, so I'm really excited about just being home and, and being present. I've always been a big fan of Alicia's because she wears the same number I wore in basketball. So 32 <laughs> is great. Though. Just throw that. <laughs> <laughs> Did she win Sixth Player of the Year this past year? Well, she did win Sixth Player of the Year because she was the fifth player a lot of times this season. Um, you know, you, you spoke about Becky bringing you in to come off the bench, and, you know, it didn't necessarily work out that way always this season. How does your mindset change from being that sixth player to being in the starting rotation the way you were, particularly in the championship series? Yeah, um, I mean, for me, like, I've – I, I say this all the time, but like I literally have been at every position in this league. I've played every role, um, you know, from not making a team two years in a row to being the last player on the bench, never getting in unless it's a blowout to, you know, having to step in when people get injured and not really ever having much experience in playing time to being a starter that was like non-existent essentially to then being, you know, a threat and a one of the best defensive players in this league in a starting position that, you know, I, I gained respect for. And so early on, I learned not to hang my value in this league on whether I'm in the first five or not. Because, you know, I think there's so much around, like, who starts, who doesn't. And for me, I learned early on, I was like, if you're playing 20 minutes and you're playing 20 productive minutes, it doesn't matter where you're playing. If you're coming off the bench, if you're starting in that first five, like, you're playing 20 minutes. And so – as I've, you know, the last nine years of my career, I've been a starter in this league. And so coming into this position in Vegas, coming off the bench, you know, for me, my thing was I'll happily come off the bench to, you know, some young superstars that are in their prime. I don't mind that at all. But up until then, it was like, there's nobody doing what I can do in this league. So I was like, who am I coming off the bench for? So Vegas, it was a no brainer. You know what I mean? Like, and even still like the, as amazing as Jackie and Kelsey, um are like there's things that they do that like i do so much better and vice versa but like we're so we're such different players so for me if i'm coming off the bat bench for a jackie young or a candace barker or a Kelsey plum i am okay with that 
And so walking into this season, I was like, this is just another challenge. I love a challenge and I love conquering challenges. And so I was like, this is a challenge for you. And this is a way for you to get better. You know, and that was my mindset going into this year. It was like any year I come into a season, it's like I want to be better than I was the year before, whatever that looks like. There's no like hard whatever. It's just like I want to be better. And for me to be better than last year was to step into this six player role and and own it and be of value and be, you know, confident in that space. And so, again, when you have a coach like Becky Hammond and you have teammates like Asia Wilson and Chelsea Gray and all these players around that just value what you bring, it doesn't matter if I'm coming off the bench or not. And so that's kind of how I adjusted to it. Um, but I did go on the Rolodex and be like, okay, when you weren't starting, when did you eat before games? How close could you, like, how late did you eat? You know, that type of stuff. Just because it, whether you're, you need to be able to sustain through the warm up in the first part of the game where normally I'm burning all that off right away. So those are little tricks I went back on. <laughs> I smell a drink, so. Yeah. Starting at the bottom, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> Alicia, having won it this year with the Aces, I mean, has talk of a repeat started yet? No, we are all in celebration and taking this moment in just because of what this championship meant, not only for the organization, but for our league. Um, you know, it had been 21 years since a team has won back-to-back, -back, so... Mm -hmm you know, just staying in this moment, being present and, you know, appreciating all the hard work that went into this year and celebrating each other. Like we have so many people having so many amazing things happening. Like I'm, I feel like every day I'm like, oh yes. Oh yeah. You know, you have Sydney and her and TP on, on talk shows. You have Asia with her book and being on the Jennifer Hudson show. You have Kelsey with her own shoe. You have Kia getting inducted to her sports hall of fame. So I'm like, Candid, like there's just so many great things happening. Chelsea becoming a mom. I'm just like, we're just in full celebration mode of everybody's personal accomplishments on top of this championship. Well, we certainly have, we, we pay attention all year. We're talking about you, you, you specifically, but also your team throughout the season. We're excited to, to watch the run to the, the championship and uh, looking forward to talking about more in WNBA and talking to you more often and good luck in the remainder of your career and also on Saturday because it's not going to be weird at all when they you know name a whole day I'm sure that's not weird at all that is so wild to me I like it still feels so surreal um but again this is by far one of my most favorite accomplishments because again having something back home and being celebrated is, it means everything. Cause for me, this is where it all started. This is where like the roots of, and the foundation of Alicia Clark and basketball like came together. And so just to be able to have something like that here is, is really special. And I hope like as the years go on, I can just do something special on that day every year. Well, it is going to be an exciting time. We appreciate you taking some time with us, Alicia. We look forward to speaking with you again. And again, good luck on your career. And congratulations on a great career up to this point. Thank you all so much. And thank you for having me on. Thank you, Alicia. When we come back, there's more here at King Street Sports today, presented by Mitch and the Seabonians. You want to stay with us? <laughs>
Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our Ortho Quick Walk-In Clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in. I didn't have us turned up. Turned it down, didn't turn it back up. That would explain why we wouldn't have good near you. Then, huh? in fact, yeah. in fact. All right, we are back, and it is time now to make some picks. But first, Mo, before we make some picks, I want to mention that in case you are not doing anything tonight around 5.30 to 7.30 and you are in the area around Ravenwood High School, mm. You can have it. You can have a chance to go check out the University of Alabama's Million Dollar Band, who will be rehearsing at Ravenwood High School again. It's at five thirty tonight, from five thirty to seven thirty at the stadium. No charge. They are on their way to the Band of America Grand Nationals in Indianapolis, <clears throat> and they are going to rehearse 
on the way up. And so that will be a really cool event. So if you have nothing else going on tonight, trust me, the Million Dollar Band is worth checking out. And you can do so for absolutely no cost at Ravenwood High School tonight. So anyway, mm -hmm. I just wanted to get that out there. Saw that as I was scrolling through social media, as I want to do. Mm -hmm. Let's make some picks, eh? Hey. And speaking of Ravenwood, they're first on the list. Huh. As they head over to Smyrna tomorrow night to take on the Bulldogs, a winner over Independence last week. But, unfortunately, in the first quarter of that game, lost their running back, Thomas Jones. Hmm. Not sure of his, avail his availability this mm -hmm. week, uh, but he did not return last week, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. So probably a development worth keeping an eye on in this matchup, but uh, yeah, no injuries that I'm aware of for Ravenwood coming out of their 28-14 win over Stewart's Creek. And, you know, I just feel like Ravenwood has had, you know, a more consistent performance on both sides of the ball over the course of the season, and I think that's key in this one. I, I like Ravenwood at home here. I don't know. I, I, my guess is you didn't get a chance to keep up with the progression of scores last week, but at Smyrna, that would be correct. <laughs> at Smyrna, they 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 have a guy who does that. Like that's just that's what he does, and he feeds it to the PA announcer who announces throughout the game Rutherford County scores and last week Wilson uh, Williams County scores because most of them were playing one another. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so uh, let's just say that there were some surprising scores in the first half in this, in this series. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you when, when I say surprising, everybody was surprised. I mean, Brentwood was losing. Uh, it was, it was just. So it must wild. have been seven nothing. It was one twenty eight seven. No, it was seven nothing. I think at the end of the first quarter. So we were we were all like, "Holy crap, what's going on?" So if Smyrna jumps out to a lead in this one, I think they have an opportunity to win the game. They have a very good defense, a, a better defense than I really expected them to have. Uh, really good football team. But I do think if they don't have Thomas Jones, that's going to make a big difference. And so that's why I have Ravenwood winning this game. I have them winning 28-27. Smyrna did doink a extra point last week. So maybe it's in overtime and they try to go for two to win or something. But Or maybe they doink one. I don't know. But they Or they kick two field goals because dude can kick it. <laughs> he kicked he kicked a couple last week. So who knows? But I've got Ravenwood in this one, but I think it's going to be super, super close. Yeah. Fayetteville, or as they'll tell yeah. you, Fedville. Fedville. F-E-D. V-U-L. At Smith County on Friday. This is going to be an interesting football game. If you look at the records in this one, you'll be a little deceived. That's all I'm going to say. Fedville yeah, has played a challenging schedule this season. Um, to say the least. And they've got 
you know, a quarterback that's pretty highly regarded, the Samuel Willoughby kid. And I think he's kind of the key to to what the Tigers do, especially with them having lost um, KJ Jackson to to Bob Jones over the over the off season. But this is a team, you know, coaching changes aside, this is a team that that knows how to win, and and I think. I think they're going to go on the road here and and outperform their record. I, I like the Tigers in this one. So if if you are um, if you're a fan of comparing scores, mm-hmm. neither of these teams scored on Upperman. Big fat zero on both sides. <laughs> Smith County lost 14-0 Fayetteville in week one, getting used to a new coach, not having their running back, loses 26-0. That being said, Fayetteville is on a heck of a run here. They defeated Forrest 39-37. Meanwhile, last week, Smith County beat Forrest 40-14. In Eli Stevenson's final game as coach of the Rockets, by the way. That's very true. Learned that on what, Wednesday? Mm, Yeah. But I don't care. I'm going faithful as well. (laughs) 26-21, give me the Tigers. Yeah. This next one, we've both seen both of these teams. Should be a really good game. Centennial travels to Shelbyville on Friday night and it's funny because I saw shovable struggle down at Lawrence County but I saw them play really well against Independence. Shovel? No, Centennial, I'm sorry. But you saw Centennial kind of struggle a little bit against Columbia Central. So I'm curious, and you saw Central play Shelbyville specifically, so I'm curious as to your thoughts on this one because I think it's going to be one of the more intriguing games of the week. I think it's going to be a fantastic ball game. If I didn't have a ball game to cover, I'd be heading over there because I am convinced that Columbia Central should have beat Shelbyville earlier in the year over here. And had every opportunity to beat Centennial. Yeah, if, if they could have come up with some consistent offense. Now, credit Centennial sure. for them not being able to come up with some consistent offense. And, you know, while Dominic Reed had a fantastic game for Centennial offensively scoring all four of their touchdowns in that 27-15 win over Central, he was also a stud on the defensive side of the ball. And he was a big part of Columbia Central not being able to get their run game with Caden McCoy going. And so, you know, if Centennial can come up big again defensively this week against a pretty potent shelvable offense, I think they've got enough on offense to win this ball game. And I, I think that's kind of where they do win it. I think they make just enough plays to hold Shelbyville down and Dominic Reed and um, 
and the running back. Um, number two. I know. I I've been trying to think of his name the whole time you were talking. And I just covered him last week. Seriously, I, I've been trying to think of it for the last five minutes. Hang on, I'm, we're we're gonna come up with it because we're gonna wait until I do. The, <laughs> Tanner Tanner Lee Tanner Lee that's Tanner it. Tanner Lee he had played in maybe parts of two games according to. Centennial coach Jamal Stewart, because he injured his ankle early in the year, came back, injured his knee, and hadn't really played a full game until the other night. I think he had 136 rushing yards the other night. Didn't get into the end zone, but did everything else. And so I think between Lee and Reed, I think they've got enough to, to get by Shelbable on the road. Well, I saw Lawrence County run the ball almost at will against these Golden Eagles. And no disrespect to the three-headed monster at Lawrence County because they're really good athletes. They're not Dominic Reed and Tanner Lee. And I don't think that Shovel is going to be able to stop now. I do think Shovel will be able to – I think they'll have a better opportunity – to get a run game going because they have two really good run. They've got a they've got a guy who can kind of pound you up the middle and some folks who can get you on the outside. Right. And so you have to defend both of those right. instead of just between the tackles or off tackles. So my uh, my thoughts are Centennial wins this uh, close, but yeah, I think it's going to be a really good football game. Yeah, I think I think it will be close, like you said, but I do think Centennial wins it. Um, Hang on just a second. Never mind. No, I'm just trying to figure out. Yeah, Lee had 136 yards on um, 26 carries for a guy who had had ankle and and knee issues during the regular season. He's fresh now. Yeah. Clearly, <laughs> he ain't played, so he's fresh. Yeah, yeah. So that's not a good sign for for, for class five sure, A. <laughs> no, I don't think it is. Yeah, that's that's there's a little two headed monster for you right there because Reed running out of Wildcat had eighty four yards on ten carries and again all four touchdowns. Riverdale at home, the Warriors hosting Cookville, and. It appears we're all in agreement here. Yeah, I just think Riverdale. Riverdale's had a great season anyway, and then they really got a bump from a confidence standpoint with that win to close the regular season in the Battle of the Borough at Oakland. And so I, I think they continue to ride that. I think they take care of Cookville, visiting Cookville pretty easily in this one. We talked about it earlier. Visited with Kevin Creasy, Oakland at Mount Julie. You're, you're, you're picking Riverdale as well, I said. Oh yeah, we were all in agreement. Hey, okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Just uh, Oakland is at Mount Juliet on Friday at seven again. Really hard to pick against the three-time defending state champions in the state playoffs, and the again, this is. Simple facts. Mount Juliet's not played well the last three. Mount Juliet has not played well. They did not close the regular season very well. They lost 
at Franklin for Franklin's first win of the season. They got handled surprisingly well by Green Hill in the final game of the regular season. Um, they beat Rockvale last week to open the playoffs. Yeah, Rockvale minus its quarterback right. and still only one twenty nine nineteen. Yeah, so uh, not not a whole lot of confidence in Mount Juliet at this moment, and I think Oakland still a week removed from a loss, but I still think they they're playing with a little extra edge right here, and I think that makes a difference in this one. Yeah, it's a little easier. Like I said, you know, it 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 it's not what the that half of the bracket wanted to see was Oakland preparing as if it could lose. Yeah. I mean, you kind of you kind of want to have that sneak attack ability, and that's gone. That's too bad. So sad. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, five more games, including the game of the week. So stick around, Main Street Sports. Presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joints. Back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Second half of high school football pick them now coming your way. Hendersonville is at Henry County, and they've got the siren reared up and ready to go. Oh, <laughs> Man. The yeah. catfish is fried. The siren is ready. The siren, the batteries have been replaced in the <laughs> siren, and that's probably going to be unfortunate. 
for Hendersonville. As we say when we're talking about Henry County playing at home, you know, it's a tough trip, and then it's a tough team that you catch once you get there. And I am, I just don't know that Hendersonville can score consistently enough in this matchup. Is this a rematch? It feels like they played played earlier this this year. I don't know that to be an absolute fact, but I do feel like you're exactly right that Hendersonville and and Henry County have played at some point this year. Uh, Yes, 31-13 on Thursday, October. So in week 11, two weeks ago. Oh, in the season finale. At? Yeah, at Henry County. So... Good Lord. So this is Hendersonville's third trip in as many weeks because, again, they played at Paris to close the regular season on a Thursday night. Oh, how do you get up and go to school on Friday after that? Yeah. Then they went out to Munford last week and won 41-34. I don't think the commandos will have to worry about another trip tomorrow night, though. I think Henry County takes care of business here. Yeah, I'm with you, Sam. Donaldson Christian at Friendship Christian. This is a matchup of the last two state champions, I believe. Pretty sure. I know Donaldson won it at some point because Paul Paul won it when we were out there. Paul Wade. Okay. Paul Wade won it two years ago. Friendship, Friendship won, won it last, last year. year. So there you go. So yeah. I think this is a rematch from earlier in the I, year. This, as is a, well. this is a district game, isn't it? No, it's not a it's not it's a region district. game. It's not a reason guy. No. no. DCA and Friendship Christian are what? 15 miles apart? Maybe a little bit more than that. But um, Friendship Christian won this game 35 to 13 in week two. Um, So we meet again, say the commanders to the Wildcats. And I'm expecting a similar similar outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just think that. I don't know how much offensively the friendship has besides Tyson Walcott, but I think he's enough. I would agree with you. Um, All right. Liberty Creek and uh, Fairview. And boy, you want to talk about a head scratcher all Friday night as – one and nine Maplewood was giving Fairview all it wanted. <laughs> giving them the business. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Yellow Jackets and Chris Hughes finally take over late and, and get the win. But you wonder how much that has to weigh on them. And, you know, Liberty Creek comes in behind quarterback Brian Rager, who certainly has had a fantastic year, 19 touchdowns. Through the air, eleven on the ground, pretty good, pretty, pretty solid athlete. So, should be an interesting ball game. My thought is that Maplewood really got Fairview's attention, and I think having gotten pushed to the brink last week the way they did, I think they come back and take care of business at home in this one. Give me Rager and the Wolves. Summit at Brentwood, another. Rematch as this one was a region game earlier in the year. Summit gets here via the win at Antioch. Brentwood takes care of business 
at home last week. So what you got? Um, I think this is a better summit team right now than Brentwood saw earlier in the year when they beat the Spartans 20 to nothing. But I don't think summit has improved enough to go to Brentwood and get a win. I like the Bruins to stay undefeated here. Not so fast, my friend. I think you're exactly right. I think this is a much different summit team. I think they're playing with a lot of confidence right now. I think that tomorrow night's potential weather is going to play into the hands of the Summit Spartans, and they get the upset on the road. No throwed rolls, no two-point conversion fumbles in overtime. Brentwood's going down in the second round to a Southern Williamson team. Give me the Spartans. Well, I will tell you what. If they do win, it will be an upset. And there may not be any throwed rolls. There may not be anything else throwed because last week's Summit 38-29 victory <laughs> at Antioch, there was only one throw, and it was intercepted. So, I mean, Brian, Brian Coleman needs no excuses to not throw the ball anyway. <laughs> and when you when he tells you that our last pass was picked off, we ain't throwing another one. That could very well be the case. So, <laughs> Oh, man. And finally, the Main Street Preps game of the week as Montgomery Bell Academy is at Innsworth. Man, this is going to be a doozy. It's always a doozy when these two get together, man. And with it having, obviously, postseason implications, I mean, the winner goes to the state semifinals in D2. Um, the Tigers have kind of quietly under the radar been getting it done all year, and I think they get it done again here close at home. Yeah, you say you say quietly, and, and it kind of has been quietly, but also, like, there was a time where I thought they might have been the best team in the state. And then, of course, they lost to Lipscomb and MUS back-to-back -back weeks in the middle of the year for whatever reason, and what, I don't know what that is. But this, you know, this is a better NBA team than they saw in week two, 17-3, mm -hmm. the, the score there. I think it's uh, – I think it's going to be a similar result. I think it's going to be a little bit closer. I've got Innsworth in this one, but boy, expect it to be another great football game. Absolutely. Tomorrow, two great guests. We have Chris K from Missouri. <laughs> from the Columbia Daily Tribune. Yeah, Chris Kwasinski. Yes, I think so. To talk a little um, UT Missouri. And then we've got John Parado of Sports Kita to talk a little MLB managerial moves. Should so. be fun. That and college football picks and more. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 2 o'clock here on Main Street Sports Today.